Alright. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today it is the exciting conclusion of Human Error, Part 2. The second part. Electric Boogaloo? Sadly, no. More human, more error? <laughs> the new batch? Too human, too error. Oh, no. If, if it had a third part, it would be Human Error, uh, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, this, uh, this is the second part of our Christmas extra, of our, well, Christmas slash holiday extravaganza. Uh, Yuletide season episode. Our solstice Snow silliness. Day. Ooh, snow days, I like it. Except, of course, we haven't seen snow a day. single flake uh, around here. Well, uh, we haven't here I... either. But the important thing is, in the episode, there's snow. I saw some last month. Well, I mean, you're in the, you know, the wilderness with, uh, you know, snow and uh, those, like, snow yeah, but... foxes from that uh, Star Wars trailer. <laughs> you're further north than me. Oh, those little foxes. I'm in the wilderness. I'm pretty sure I heard a bear when I went to take out the trash the other night. And, I mean, you know, you, you, you know, you just have to look out your window and there's, uh, you know, Michael Shannon uh, in a gorilla suit. <laughs> <laughs> I personally oh, I feel that the defining characteristic of a holiday episode is snow as part of, like, the environmental art. Yeah. And, indeed, it is snowing quite profusely in the Detroit of the future. Yes. Which makes sense because Detroit is often balls freezing. Yes, it is cold as balls. Went to a, went to a Lions game once when it was just bone chilling. I uh, one time was driving down that way from the Upper Peninsula, and ended up having to change a flat tire in Flint, and the wind chill was like thirty below, and it wasn't great. And and then as also it was Flint. Yeah, as you were stopped by uh, Michael Moore, stopped and uh, started doing a documentary about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, the gas station I had to stop at had bulletproof left. <laughs> it, oh. And uh, this uh, this episode, like most Christmas specials, uh, aired in late April. As you do. Oh, yeah. April 25th, 2009. It was written by Tom Pugsley, uh, who's uh, managed to move out of the shadow of his more successful sister Wednesday. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> But uh, no, this is his first Transformers episode. He uh, wrote uh, a lot of Ben Ten. Oh. Uh, so did he? Is he not the one who wrote the last episode? He is not. A totally different guy. What? Yeah. Uh, it's just weird. I don't. I don't like it. Uh, he uh, he wrote for that uh, Mummy animated series that we later discovered did in fact exist. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, oh, and he wrote for Brave and the Bold. Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Teen Titans Go, whole lot of Ben Ten, mm. that uh, that most recent Guardians of the Galaxy show. So yeah, he you know he's he's kind of a consistently busy TV cartoon writer. He also wrote an episode of Rescue Bots. Oh. Yay! Was it the musical episode? No, it was not the musical episode. It was the one where they have to fight, uh, kind of like uh, like a, it's the Blob sort of. Oh. It's 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 a bunch of hypercharged Nickelodeon gack, basically. Do they? Oh, okay. Do they kill it with apple seeds? Uh, no. It is. Uh, the episode is called oh. "You've Been Squilched." Ew. 
and Squilch is a slimy compound brought back from Mars and later accidentally brought back to life by LeVar Burton. Okay. Oh, that LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton's on the show. Did he read to it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's like a part of the main cast. He's like the Okay. Like the scientist on the in the town that they live in. Yeah, did you not know that? I have seen one episode, there was singing, I did not watch any other episodes. Well, you don't have to take my word for it. You know, because it's LeVar Burton? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's yes. a reading rainbow reading, joke. I, 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 I <laughs> David, take a look, it's in a book. No. <laughs> Read a book, <sighs> David. Read a book! <laughs> Silly puppet. Ah, oh, handy. Anyway, we are, uh, we are, as previously on Transformers Animated, the Autobots thought it's Christmas, the Autobots thought they turned human, but they were actually in the Matrix, <laughs> and also Soundwave. Dun dun dun. Soundwave repaint. Yes. Well, he's, he's still blue in uh, the regular, in the real world, but in the uh, holographic world, or in the, the virtual world, the, the digital world, if you prefer... No. <laughs> Digimon are the team. Uh he is white except sometimes he's also like dark gray. Yes. That's the toy they actually made. Yes. The white one was pretty beat nice. Beat the heat, do the digi beat all summer. <laughs> no. No digi. Uh, please. No uh, no that... beating of heat to the digi beat will be done here. <laughs> uh, that that I didn't well, I guess I did watch some Digimon, but that commercial was, like, stuck in my head for years. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so uh, the Autobots are trying to get free of virtual Soundwave, except in the real world, Sari did actually, like, shoot up his equipment. So while Soundwave is trying to fix this, uh, Prowl gets free, but then is immediately re-zapped. This is processor over matter. Yep. Damn it, It's Prowl. just the Force. Yeah. We, we might as well just call it the Force. Just call it the Force, Prowl. Jeez. Which, like... But, like, the first thing he does when he gets out is he tries to get Prime's helmet off with the, the mind VR zappy thing. Why not attack Soundwave while he's not paying attention? Helmet uh, surprise. <laughs> would be a violation of his ninja honor. Yeah. Ninja uh, honor. When in doubt, anyway, ninja honor. So back in the Matrix, he turns them back human, and he sees that you know this is gonna, this whole this is going to take a while. So <laughs> I'm going to enact stage one of my plan, which is to just make all of the the tiny sound waves hypnotize the humans of Detroit, which is the thing they can do. And now. so they do. Okay. They hypnotize. Uh, they hypnotize Isaac Sumdak. They hypnotize the mayor. Uh, they have a nice Captain Fanzone. Who got Captain Fanzone this gift? 
That's my question. It has a little tag on it that says a machine even you could love. Is it the never seen Mrs. Fanzone? Possibly. Maybe. Does Fanzone have kids? No, he the kids would. Who know why did somebody, I don't know. Maybe the mayor got it for him. Hmm. Or, or Isaac Sumdeck? Like the the deal was so good he had to buy a couple of them. Ah, oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> he bought him in bulk. <laughs> in bulk head. <laughs> oh god. Oh, maybe that's why so many I people in town had it. myself it was such a good deal. He bought a whole pallet and sent them to everybody he knows, which is like five people. Uh, I like to think it was was Mrs. Fanzone, though. Yeah. I I think she needs to be acknowledged more often. Yeah. And uh, they're not actually hitting, and they just like start busting out of toy stores, and they don't actually, they just make people they just hypnotize people to just kind of stand there. Well, I mean well, that's useful if you're trying to. Take over. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't mis- I vaguely remember that they were being like hypnotized to commit crimes or something. Ah. Well, yeah. He hasn't given them orders to do anything yet. Just hypnotizing them is helpful. Yeah, they can't interfere. It's weird. I kind of want a TV slash monitor shaped like sound wave because <laughs> he he has a really neat looking TV. <laughs> So we get back to uh, we get back to the Matrix, and Bulkhead has decided that he's just going to go full Grand Theft Auto on this place until they get out. Yes, he's just going to. I mean, once you realize it's all a game, you might as well just act like it's a game. But I if think... you die in the game, you die for real. Ah, <sighs> uh, that thing. Well, he he's Bulkhead. He's becoming the Hulk in game. It's <laughs> hulking expected. out. Well, indeed, as we find out later in this episode, Soundwave has an army, and we have a bulkhead. (laughs) That's my secret optimist. I'm always bulkhead. (laughs) Like, literally, I'm I'm always bulkhead. That's my thing. It's not really a secret, though. Just the way things are. Oh, oh, now, now I... Now I want Bulkhead to show up in the current current comics continuity, and it turns out he's like Ultra Magnus. There's the littler dude inside him. Ah. Uh... <laughs> uh. Anyway, we are uh, so yeah they 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 figure out that hey you know we've got to find Soundwave's icon in this virtual world, and that will get us out of here? Question mark. <laughs> I well, yeah. I guess they're trying to find some sort of representation of his, you know, wherever he's like connecting to it. I don't yeah. know. This seems like dubious. Like, yeah, this seems dubious. I mean, what I mean, I'm it, saying. it is yeah. dubious, but this is also a show where we are dealing with a, an evil toy who has a mind controlling key tar that's also a bat. Well, yeah, yeah, I it's mean. Like- yeah. It, just the, the what it's got not that this is a bad thing to wander around trying to find a sound wave icon or some shit. It would have made more sense if like Bumblebee was telling him this cuz he has video game experience. Oh yeah. We, we, we got to find the end boss. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But luckily they don't have to find him because he is in vehicle mode in his uh black in in his in his new sound wave form. <laughs> and he tries to run them over. <laughs> Well, that makes it easy. Yeah, so they so they give chase by 
stealing their own vehicle modes. Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of adorable. It is adorable, especially because it turns out none of them can drive. Yeah. And Bumblebees has, like, a virtual fan zone just, like, in there that he has to kick out. Like, yes. And he just sort of lays there, but he has to kick him out of it. It's okay, he's not actually real. Yes, as he reassures them. <laughs> so yeah, Ratchet drives after him backwards. Prowl is inadvertently popping wheelies. And, like, going out of control and... It doesn't work out well. He's not good at popping wheelies. And fire trucks, it turns out, have a lot of different controls because Prime just has the sirens on, the hoses are going off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure he has a steering wheel. There's so many switches and buttons. It's the future. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so back in the real world, Sumda- uh, Sari is headed to Sumdak Tower. And uh, there she sort of she finds a very creepy sound wave. Yeah, kind of reminds me of that one scene from Gremlins, where the where the mom is alone in the house with Gremlins. Uh, I've, uh, Sadly, the sound wave does not get microwaved. No, I, I have I have <laughs> referenced that when cleaning the ovens at the Starbucks where I work. <laughs> and <laughs> had that kind of morning. And it, it tries to hypnotize her, but she is techno organic, and it cannot hypnotize her. And it is very upset by this. Yep, so it sends her dad to kill her. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's going to send everybody to kill her at this point. Yes, although it really it really only seems to be her dad at this point. Yeah. Well, he's the only one and, he, I mean, what, what Soundwave says is she cannot be controlled, therefore she must be destroyed. Which I wrote okay. down, signed, the patriarchy. <laughs> 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 I feel you. I feel you. Sorry. Well, in that case, having her dad try and kill her is a little on the nose. It's very on the nose. Yeah. Uh, teenage uh, Sorry looks like more anime. Oh, yeah. Well, she's got those glowing blue eyes all the time. Yeah, yes. the big eyes. Like Even like the shape of her head is more generic anime character shaped. Well, and I mean, as we saw in her debut episode as a teenager, she's kind of like a robot magical girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! Oh man, the best kind of magical girl. <laughs> anyway, luckily for Sari, it turns out her father's killing skills are about what you pre- expect from a dumpy middle-aged guy, <laughs> and she just knocks a shelf on him. Yes. <laughs> Poor guy. So back in the Matrix, uh, the Autobots do track down uh, uh, what uh, what the Toyland refers to as electrostatic sound wave. Which, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> How that makes him black, who knows? Yeah. And, he, and what makes him black and also gives him a keytar. Yeah. That's that's the awesome most important keytar. part, is the keytar. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy the redeco to get Laserbeak and the keytar rat back. Yeah. It's, and it worked. I bought it. Yeah. yeah. It's a sweet keytar. Uh, but uh, it turns out that, uh, yeah, they, they follow him to a drive-in movie, which I'm kind of amazed they're still drive-in theaters yeah, okay. in it's, 2050. Wait. It's kind of ruins. I mean... It's ruined. It's it's like, it's, it has got a closed sign. The screen's all messed up. But the fact that within the Detroit metro area, there is a drive-in that somehow is taking up all that real estate still there. And 
And this is not like the current Detroit where like half the buildings are falling down. This is like a more advanced, renovated, gentrified, I guess, Detroit. But how is this site still here? And like well, drive-in theaters, there's there's only like maybe a dozen to a few dozen left in the entire country. I'm not sure there's any in Detroit now. I'm I'm gonna drop some Detroit knowledge on you right here. There oh, is man. one. You've been to largest, it. I haven't been to it. I've driven by it. But the world's largest drive-in theater is in Dearborn, Michigan, which is a Ooh. suburb of Detroit. Okay, I guess. But th- there's like, so is there a large on-ramp over this parking lot? I mean, I can't, I can't remember exactly what it looks like, but it is definitely like it's got like five screens. Okay, well, this is only Dang. one. Maybe this is the only screen that's left in the future. But five screens, Jesus, that's a lot. Never yeah, no, it's it's an actual thing. I mean, I I Dearborn is that's where that's where uh, Ford's headquarters are. Yeah, and oh, it's uh, where um, like the Henry Ford Museum is, and also Greenfield Village, which is Henry Ford's insane supervillain village, oh, right. where okay, he like so... bought up historic residences and brought them there. <laughs> I, okay, so I can so almost it, understand like it's cl- close to Ford. You'd want to have a drive-in theater to at least park mm-hmm. new models of cars to show off every once in a while. That's still, that's weird. Oh, and but as they're getting there, Bumblebee crashes into the back of Bulkhead, I think it is, and says, virtual fan zone's gonna be ticked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said his virtual car got trashed. Oh, yes. And yeah, apparently there are, uh, nine remaining, uh, driving theaters in Michigan. Wow. Wow. But that's I know that way- there's definitely, there's only like three in New York. I oh, three or four. Nowhere near New York the, the City. The Dearborn of is, or maybe there's one. Yeah, like in Long Island or some shit. Boy, the uh, the the one in Dearborn has twenty five hundred parking spaces. Wow! Wow! Because if I want to go to a driving theater, I got to go to Detroit. Weird. Yeah. Well, it's the Motor City. Yeah. Well, that's fair. And I assume it it has like conduct. Uh, there's also like a big dream cruise of like uh, old cars in the summer that probably also operates in conjunction with that driving theater. I mean, I know there was one uh, in Columbus on the south end of town that was still operating as of fairly recently. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, Soundwave does indeed have an have an army of himself. <laughs> it's an army of me there. I'm making well, it, Bjork references. Enjoy it. Well, that's okay. Bumblebee's got it covered. Inside Fanzone's car, there's so many old drink containers. I think there was an open container of french fries. So much <laughs> junk. Well, oh my god. I, uh. And virtual junk. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's got to be realistic. Detailed. got to be realistic. <laughs> it is like Disgusting the Matrix. Disgusting really realistic. Oh yeah, the Matrix uh, is kind of grimy and yucky. But. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Soundwave comes on the drive-in screen with his uh, with his keytar in hand. Yes. <laughs> Which weirdly, this is like the second thing I've seen in a couple of weeks with uh, a a, si- a sinister drive-in scene. Really? What was the other one? The heck was the other one? Uh, it was uh, Witch Hunt, which is a sequel to the HBO movie Cast a Deadly Spell. Oh. Which is like a film noir with magic stuff going on. Uh-huh. Damn it, I wish those were on DVD. Easily available. And so there is a scene where they, there's like a, a meeting of a at a driving theater, and then evil magic is used to make 
the characters from in the drive-in movie start shooting at the people at the drive-in theater. Oh no! <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, are they? It's pretty cool. Are, is what they are shooting like giant bullets? I mean, they just seem to be like regular bullets. They uh, they should come out as like giant like car sized bullets. I mean, they should be, but that would be maybe too ridiculous. <laughs> too ridiculous. Can't be too ridiculous. I mean, come I on. I mean, this is a movie in which William Shakespeare is brought back from the dead to punch up scripts. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I'm not sure how I ever saw the sequel. Huh. It's not as good as the first one. I, I know think it's, it's not got as Dennis good as Hopper the first. instead of um, the guy from Tremors. Oh well. But the first one was great. No, the first one's very good. This one, I mean, and also that one has more practical effects. This one, it's kind of oh. early 90s, not great CG. Mm. Oh. Ew. Anyway, but they're they're both worth checking out. If you, They might be on, like, HBO Go if you have that. Ooh. What? Uh. You've got that for watching your Game of Thrones? Yeah, I mean, I've got – it's it's on a, on a Canadian streaming service that has the HBO library, so I'm not sure what how you get it in the States. Mm. But I would check HBO Go. Yeah. Anyway, so indeed, Soundwave does pull out his evil keytar and successfully reprograms the Autobots. No. Which you can tell because their eyes go red. Yes. Because that's red eyes mean go. evil. Yes. Red <laughs> eyes mean evil. Yeah. So, back in the real world, Sari has, uh, she's got to find some allies, and every human's hypnotized. <laughs> so, she's going to Dinobot Island. <laughs> Sure. She finds uh Which, good thing the, she just got that jetpack. Yep. She finds Grimlock and Swoop and they don't want to help. Nope. However, and, they uh, mentioned that they have had a falling out. Yeah, weren't there weren't there three of you? Yeah, because she's they we're not talking to him because Dinobots aren't pets. <laughs> what? Who's being a pet? Well, she uh, she goes to the shore, and uh, there is Scrapper, uh, who has become Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> it's so great! He's got sandals, it, oh. and he's got shorts, and he's got a hat, and he's got like... And he's got a rust beard! Yes, he's got a rust beard! It's straight, like, the, oh, I get Robinson Crusoe. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just thinking, like, with the hat and the sandals, I was like, why is he cosplaying as a Japanese fisherman from the 1800s? What? <laughs> no. I mean, he's, he's, he's just a big fan of Mortal Kombat. He's trying to be Raiden. Yeah. <laughs> but I assume the beard—it's like uh, you know on Futurama where alcohol, like if robots don't drink on Futurama, they become drunk. Yeah. So because he's been without, oh, and he get and like Bender gets like a rust beard. Yeah. So this is what happens when Scrapper is in alcohol withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sounds that sounds about right. There's no oil out on Dinobot Island. Yeah. Hmm. Which makes you wonder what exactly he's been fueling himself off. But I guess the Dinobots are alive, so who knows? Well, the Dinobots <laughs> are a little different. They might actually be eating trees or digging out stuff out of um, blackouts. Or Silas Black's. Like oh, yeah. Uh, Prometheus Black. Prometheus Black. Damn it, what's Silas? Silas Black is somebody. Probably. <laughs> is that a Harry Potter character? Sirius Black oh, is a Harry Potter Sirius character. Sirius Black. Oh, oh, okay. My brain twisted a few wires there. 
Anyway, and indeed, he is a castaway, and uh, Slag has become his pet. Yeah. Or, sorry, Snarl. Who apparently he, did not he, have a name until now. No. No. Uh, he tried to name him Slag, but he didn't like it, so now he's Snarl, which is kind of a gag. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. He says, I think he took it as an insult. Yeah. Yes. Which I think I've mentioned on previous episodes, like, you know, walking in on my parents watching, like, Australian or British movie TV shows, and then, like, somebody referring to someone as a slag, and I'm like, yup, that's why we can't have that name anymore. Yeah, Oi, get out of here, you slag. Which, did, did this air in other English-speaking oh, I'm foreign sure. countries? With that line, I mean, it aired in Canada, but it's I don't I don't know what the TV situation is in England. They have TV, exactly. but uh, I mean I mean they have TV. That's how they show Doctor Who. But uh, <laughs> that's how they have Doctor Who. As far as getting cartoons and such, I have no. no they idea. have basically. I mean, they have the BBC, which is like their broadcasts. You know, like our broadcast channels, but they have, uh, at least, I know, Sky TV. I don't know if they have any competitors, but that's basically like cable, uh, and that tends to have, uh, I know there's like a Disney Channel equivalent, and, uh, I, yeah, that stuff usually shows up on whatever their regional version of Cartoon Network or Disney Channel or whatever is, uh, on Sky TV. I do know they have a channel called Dave. I don't know why there's a channel called Dave, but there is. Uh, they only host programs by and starring Dave. But that that's actually a pretty robust schedule for them. I'm showing you. They can show SCTV, thanks to Dave Thomas. They can show uh, Dave's World, that sitcom that was kind of about Dave Barry. Yeah. Uh, they can show News Radio, which starred... Uh, uh, Dave Nelson. Hmm? Sorry, Dave Foley. What's his name? Was it Dave Foley? Foley as Dave Nelson. Oh. So yeah, uh, those are the Daves they know. They know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Scrapper is all you. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I might help you, but even if I wanted to, I can't get off this island, and nobody's apparently stolen a boat this time, so I can't get back. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. And uh, much much like the professor of uh, Gilligan's Island fame, he has overlooked the fact that he could probably build a boat. <laughs> and so, indeed, he quickly builds a boat. Well, a raft, but yeah. Uh, yes, I have verified, so, thanks to the power of the internet, uh, that Sky TV in the UK does show Cartoon Network. Okay. Huh. Now I'm... For some reason, now I'm picturing Gilligan's Island as if it took place in, like, Michigan. It'd be a very different show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Harlem Globetrotters would have visited more often. That's Yay. true. And also Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I love thing episodes of things with the Harlem Globetrotters in them. Uh, so they're they're headed back to shore, and... Sorry's telling you know, Scrapper, you know, you gotta be a hero. And it's time to turn the tide. Be a hero uh, something on your side. Yeah. <laughs> she starts she whips out the stand bush and 
That would actually Well, it does inspire somebody because it's Rekgar. And oh my god, I forgot Weird Al was in this episode. Oh, I'm a yeah. hero. <laughs> He's here to be a hero. I, I completely forgot. I, I was so surprised and happy. I almost cried. It's like, oh, Rekgar's there. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rekgar. Uh, I wasn't that excited, but I was fairly excited. <laughs> Maybe I'm just tired. And so, yep, they need all the recruits they can find, so they are now the substitute Autobots. <laughs> Which is almost certainly a reference to the Legion of Substitute Heroes. <laughs> yes. From the uh, from the Legion of Superheroes, which where they put, and even though that team has like a zillion members, those are the guys who aren't good enough to make the regular team. Your uh, your arm fall off boys and the like. There was an episode of the more recent and forgotten and sorely underrated Legion of Superheroes cartoon that had the that was a pretty good show. Heroes. Also, Derek mm. Wyatt worked on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I think Bumper Robinson was on that show as Chameleon Boy. Possibly. Uh, yeah, I think it, it had a bunch of voice actors in common with this show, I believe. Yeah. It was good. Uh, find some way to view it, probably illegally, because I don't think it's been properly made available. No, I don't believe so. There were, there's like a two-episode DVD or something. It's very sad. Torrent it. It's worth it. Uh so yeah, they they get to the they get to the shore. They find Soundwave, and hey, good news, the Autobots are here. But bad news, uh, the Autobots are evil. <laughs> they're evil. They're like oh hey, oh no, oh slag. Yes, there is an oh slag, which yes. is uh. funny, considering. Which would this make this the most curse-filled Transformers episode ever? I there has to be a Beast Wars episode <laughs> episode that's got all sorts of cursing in it. Well, yeah. And also, just a couple episodes we had uh, uh, Sentinel Prime telling the uh, yes about the their safeguard twins to get their dicks out of their hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, teenagers, you know. I mean, he didn't mean it literally. Although, given that they are teenagers, he might have. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> probably sick of dealing with that back on the ship. <laughs> but, but yes. Get your pistons out of your servos. Yep. And I wonder, this might also be a, an homage to another Generation 1 episode, uh, Attack of the Autobots. Yes! In which Ooh. the Autobots are made evil. Yes, and the, uh, the heroes come up with the brilliant plan to drain the evil and then replace with good. <laughs> Because the eighties. Uh, I don't even remember. Yeah, that. first drain evil, second recharge good. <laughs> yes. That's how that works, right? Well, the idea being that it was some sort of like <laughs> negative energy, like in the sense of actual energy that uh, was causing this. Are, but are you? I mean, it, was just, it was just pure evil, like like the Lochnar. <laughs> Or the, or that black goop that it, that killed Tasha Yar. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. Man, are you sure this is a Transformers episode? This sounds more like a He-Man episode. I like Tasha. Yar I mean, it so was. Much. I mean, it was pro. Well, let's see, who was it written by? David Wise. It was written by David Wise, who <laughs> wrote a ton of He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Damn it, David Wise. <laughs> And in, indeed, well, the plot was not recycled. Apparently, the climax of the episode is was almost entirely recycled for Slash, the evil turtle from Dimension X. <laughs> oh. 
I like Slash. Uh, <laughs> why has he got to be like that? Listen. Making the same episode over and over. Because he could get away with it back then. It took people like 30 years to notice. Yeah, that's entirely yeah. fair. I mean, I watched all of that stuff, like, concurrently, and I just, yeah. I mean, I was what? eight. I don't think it took up 30 years. I mean, the, the Kramzeek shit, that was easy to notice back then. <laughs> like, why is Kramzeek in five different shows? What the crap? Yeah, I, I, probably some Tom Dicker Zobavor noticed that first. <laughs> anyway, so the, uh, the, the substitute Autobots attack and they kind of suck. Yeah, they're, they're not <laughs> good at fighting. I mean, Rekgar kind of just does what everybody tells him to. Uh, Snarl is kind of an animal, and then Scrapper is just hucking snowballs at people. Yes. <laughs> Snowball trying, which is cute, doesn't do shit. Of all of them, he's the one who's trying the hardest, but, yeah. <laughs> trying and also kind of failing the hardest. Yeah, he's, he's well, also Rekar's failing the hardest. trying his darndest. Rekar's just so he opened a suggestion and all he has for a weapon is a Christmas tree that's lost all its needles that he holds like an anime sword. It gets chopped up. And also and an accordion. Against yes. Optimus Prime, who is his primary weapon is an axe. He's a lumberjack. So we get a little weird Al homage. He pulls out an accordion. Yes. yes. Well, yeah, he does that dope. after um, Soundwave pulls out his guitar or guitar. Yes. And then Laserbeak takes it and destroys it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, and he, it's not even like an attack. He just doesn't want him to keep playing that accordion. <laughs> He's just like, no, no. So Sari is pretty disappointed because, you know, these guys are mindless zombies and they're still kicking our collective asses. But Scrapper, shockingly, has the perceptive comment that it's because they're all controlled by one unified intelligence. Oh, yeah, after Sari crashes into a pile of... Well, they all crash into a pile of snow, but Sari makes a weird little... Almost Iron Cross Snow Angel. Yeah, that was weird looking. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering if it was supposed to be like kanji or something, or... It kind of looks like the prince symbol. It, well, if there was a gap in the middle, it could have been the symbol for... Is that people, I think? Maybe. Uh, what, like like on, like on bathrooms? The, no, the, the kanji for person. Oh, kanji. Oh, that I don't know. Yes, kanji. You're a resident otaku, David. Well, yeah, but I'm bad at kanji. Uh, I I only, like, know some katakana. I don't remember any damn kanji because I've never studied, and it's freaking hard. Uh, More more like a no-taku, am I right? No. Person. Hello? Dictionary. Next page. Oh, no, person doesn't have the cross in the middle. What the crack is that? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, so this time the substitute Autobots all do their own thing, and it actually kind of works. Oh, because yes, you can't keep track of all of them. Yes. Yes. Yay, chaos. Yay, chaotic good. It's the best alignment. <laughs> and also, uh, Snarl consistently will not let Scrapper ride in. <laughs> and Scrapper consistently tries. Yes. Like oh, this worked in uh, this worked in Age of Extinction. Aww. It will work in the future. Oh, it, especially like at one point, it's like Scrapper's complaining after he gets thrown off. It's like Snarl, wait for Daddy. 
like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> cute. All the Constructicons needed was a pet to calm them down and not be assholes. Yeah. Yes, they need like a like a robot dog or something. Yes, yeah. stop being alcoholics. And uh, indeed, Prowl seems to break control a little and save Sari from Bumblebee. <gasps> so it's those ninja powers. Anyway, the the Autobots get defeated. They are, their attacks becoming increasingly feeble, and so Soundwave decides, okay, I'm just going to use Optimus Prime because he is the best guy. <laughs> also, at what point Soundwave says something about like, so, you know, sorry is trying to, especially after Prowl spares her, sorry is trying to appeal to the Autobots and get them to break through, and Soundwave some, says something about human emotions. I'm like, but can we really play that card when the robots are like this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is less emotional than other, uh, because I guess he, I mean, he's artificial. Yeah. I mean, him specifically, sure, but the rest of them are just, I mean, that's, it's, when you're dealing with them, it's not human emotions, it's just like sentient emotions, because the Autobots yeah. have the emotions too. Yes. So, Prime makes very swift work of the uh, other substitute Autobots using uh, Rekgar as a shield. Oh, yes. poor Rekgar. Well, he's got a big backpack. Ah, the... Shoot him in the backpack. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Haha, the mighty Rekgar is no match for the mighty Rekgar. Wait, whose side <laughs> am I on again? Yes. <laughs> All right. Weird Al, as always, is a delight. Yes. Yeah, show. it's... It... It's surprising they got him back for the end of this episode. It's weird and wonderful. That was great. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe Hasbro kicked, you know, they, they shelled out a little extra because, you know, we got to sell that toy. It's a big one. It is. Yeah. It's a big it one. turns into a garbage truck. Yeah, we can't just, I mean, people aren't just going to buy that without having a reminder that he's Weird Al. <laughs> it's got to be in at least two episodes. Yes. So anyway, luckily uh, Prowl does indeed save Sari from being bisected. Shockingly, his shuriken actually do something for uh, once. What? Because they knock that bat keytar right out of Soundwave's hands. <laughs> yeah. So now Soundwave he sends Laserbeak and Ratbat, Ratbat Transformers for the first time here. Sends them to attack the Autobots. So, and uh, Prime uh, Prime loses his axe, so he ends up having to find a substitute axe. <laughs> yes. oh, no. He grabs Laserbeak and just kind of crams him into guitar mode. This is an axe because it's his name for guitar. Forcefully transforms him, and it is time for a sweet rock off. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Definitely gives any blaster versus Soundwave fight a run for its money. <laughs> Prime's on the guitar. Soundwave's on the on the keytar. Uh, the first Transformers battle of the finally, bands. Yes, until finally Prime decides that music isn't his thing and becomes El Kabong. <laughs> yes. And there's an actual Kabong sound effect. They use the El Kabong sound yes. effect. I guess because this was Cartoon Network, they had like the Hanna Barbera sound effect. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Nice. <laughs> Yay! That may be one of the biggest laughs I've ever gotten in theater. There's a scene in, I believe, one of the Kill Bill movies. 
where Uma Thurman hits a guy with a guitar and they just straight up use the El Cabong sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fantastic. It is. So yeah, he uses this axe and he just splits Soundwave in half lengthwise. <laughs> yes. And and then it's he just breaks harsh. apart into splinters. It's like, how sharp is Laserbeak? That's a dangerous guitar. I mean, I get. I mean, it's, it also turns into like a a mean robot bird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess being a mean robot bird and the power of music can slice a giant robot in half. Okay. <laughs> well, and also we never actually find out how the how Soundwave got rebuilt. Yeah, well, he was the little tape deck that I guess rebuilt junk around him, so he's easily destroyed. Right, so he was just like haphazardly constructed out of like consumer electronics. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, also, when he's breaking apart, there's a dial-up sound effect. Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay. And uh, there is, uh, uh, this is an anime reference here mentioned on the wiki that I will have to run by uh, David. Uh, this is the stylized one. animation of Optimus Prime's final strike with Laserbeak is highly reminiscent, highly reminiscent of Haruko Haruhara's attack with her guitar in FLCF. Oh, yeah. Oh, fully coolly. Yeah, kind of It's It's Gainax, so yeah. you, you come to me with the Gainax. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't recognize most of the words in that uh, sentence, so I'm going to rely on you guys. Yes, that's... Fully Coolie yeah. is uh, from the same studio that did Evangelion, so okay. that's why David and I have our our schism yeah, here. It's... Uh, yeah, well, I, but... I like some kind of stuff. It's just uh, Fully Coolie is fun, but it's not as great as everyone says it is. It's it's a visual treat <laughs> that's kind of stupid and weird and tries to be more heady and metaphysical but it's, it's a fun show where girl beats up shit with her guitar and pulls weapons out of a dude's forehead yeah it, it definitely <laughs> has some very iconic imagery that that would definitely i i i gotcha i give it a thumbs up yeah it's cool to look oh, the, the manga shit in the first episode is the high point of the series because <laughs> there there's a, a selection of scenes where where like Every scene is a panel from a manga, and it's like panning, and each panel's moving. It's wonderful, and and I think the animator said it was a pain in the ass to draw. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so much activity. Oh, and I hate the pillows. Ah! Uh, <laughs> That's gonna make people mad. Uh. Well, not me. I'm only confused. <laughs> And also, Prime gets, like, some awesome James Bond one-liner dialogue here. He's all like, time to change your tune, Soundwave. <laughs> Operation, face the music. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Soundwave is reduced to, like, a little tape player thing, which they promptly switch off. Which but is they do not get to step on it. Got the gold no. detailing, uh, so you know it's the Sound Blaster colors. It's new Soundwave. Yes. And, indeed, uh... Laserbeak just flies off with this thing. Yes. Which is cool, except for the fact that, like, Soundwave was holding Ratbat at the time, and Ratbat has been turned into splinters. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you do see Laserbeak breaking. Like, his the, the neck of his guitar mode breaks, but uh, I guess he got better. Yeah, or, sure, he or pulled his was, together. Maybe he had a spare, maybe that was um, Buzzsaw in the same uh, colors. 
I assume Buzzsaw would be like a base. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I need to come up with some sort of other instrument for like uh, Squawk Box. Uh, or sorry, Squawk Talk. Squawk uh, Box is the combined one. A double bass, maybe? Oh, one of those ones with the two, like, now that, now that's a, an instrument that Getty Lee uses. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it is, uh, so everything is back to where it was, and, uh, I guess Porter C. Powell hasn't quite run through all his airtime yet. Uh, because he is now on television bemoaning that now he's ruined. Because <laughs> all those toys that? he sold were evil, and he's got to give everybody their money back. What is with Detroit team? Is this like how I was going on a couple epi- like a couple episodes ago about like how crazy broadcast TV can be in like a, a big urban market? Like Portsea Pal is just so rich that he bought up airtime on all the Detroit local stations, and then they're just and showing just... this stuff. That's the thing is <laughs> they're just showing. Well, I mean, see, the thing is he. Like he, he, like his check for the uh, airtime must have cleared, which is probably why he's ruined. <laughs> yeah, and so they've got nothing to do with broadcast him for you know, having hours. a mental breakdown, a and long he's, he's definitely going to have to hawk that fur coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, do we see Porter C. Powell again after this? No, this is the last time we see Porter C. Powell. Oh, so oh. this ruined him. <laughs> That's dark. This is actually the last time we see a bunch of characters. We don't see Rekgar again. We don't see any of the Constructicons. We don't see Soundwave. Well, I didn't expect to see Rekgar, Constructicons. Yeah. Sound, well, Soundwave is all... Uh, we don't see the Dinobots again. Uh, oh, that's a shame. Duh. We see Fanzone again. We see Fanzone. Yeah. Fanzone gets like a whole episode in be... a couple episodes. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, it's the last time we see the mayor. And well. this was supposed to be... This episode was supposed to have an angry archer scene. <gasps> Oh, no. but he was not in it. Uh, they had to cut it. Now I'm sad. I am sad. I, I love our angry Archer. Uh, alas. So yeah, Scrapper. He's he's quitting the uh, he's quitting substitute Autobots. He's going back to Dinobot Island with Snarl, who again will not let him ride him. I don't. I guess they're <laughs> going to take that boat again. Yeah, I mean they've got a boat now. They didn't even have to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And, uh, and Rekgar is going to pursue a career in sanitation, and he's going to help the, the trash bots clean up all those uh, dead mini sound waves. Yes. Yeah, and, and he starts doing a good job with it with a little vacuum and, and wandering around while everybody else is in the distance having their little moment in front of the giant Christmas tree that's got to be like 50 feet tall. Which, okay, yeah, they're all, hey, Android, that makes more sense. But, but, and then at the end, Rekgar's garbage for all the good little children. Oh, and he's got a Santa beard. He's a Santa of <laughs> yes. garbage. Um, okay, okay, Rekar, that that'll work. And yeah, the Autobots start to understand being human now. Sari kind of understands that maybe it sucks leading a bunch of robots into battle all the time. Prowl misses being human. Yes, because he's that guy. He's the beachcomber of the of the series. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if beachcomber was a ninja. Yeah, man. Wow, because he was like, you know, a big war protester hippie type. Oh my god, he is. Man, there's got to be some sort of 70s movie about a hippie ninja. Yeah. What well, there um... I guess that's kind of what those Billy Jack movies are. What? The fuck is the Billy Jack? They were like huge hits in the 70s. Sure. There was uh there's Billy Jack, Billy Jack goes to Washington and I think there was a third one. 
Sorry, there were four of them. Wow. That's too many. But anyway, yes, uh, Billy Jack is a, is an American Navajo Indian, a Green Beret Vietnam War veteran, and a master of Hapkido. <laughs> oh. Is that real? And he defends the hippie-themed Freedom School and students from townspeople who do not understand or like the counterculture. Ha. Uh-huh. This sounds entirely made up. You're you're bullshitting me. Uh, there are a there are several. This was a huge. This made this made thirty two million dollars <laughs> of seventies money. Sure. Was he at least played by an actual Navajo? I'm gonna say no. No, uh, he was he probably was an Tom, Italian. Got the actor's name was Tom Laughlin, who I believe also directed and wrote these movies. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't necessarily I, mean. And then he ran for president a bunch of times. Oh man, that's awesome. Sure. But I like he made a bunch of these. They, they were like most of them were big hits, and like not towards the end, but like he was an actual. These were big hits. It was insane. The seventies were very weird. <laughs> that is true. Sure. That is entirely. My God, how did I get on the subject of Billy Jack? Oh right, hippie ninja. Yeah, hippie ninja. Oh, right, right. Right. <laughs> right, right, the hippie ninjas. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he was kind of a hippie ninja. I mean, I don't think we quite understood ninjas yet in the 70s. <laughs> but we sure but yeah, understood the hippies. Only, the only pictures I'm well, finding of probably... him is him holding a sh- rifle. It's like, oh, that's not really Well, I'm, I'm starting to think that the... the I, I Come to think of it, I think the first maybe American exposure to... The cinematic ninja was 1967's You Only Live Twice, mm-hmm. where Possibly. James Bond leads an army of ninjas uh, in an assault on a volcano base. Ah, uh, yeah, that might have been the first big ninja. That's thing. also the same movie where Sean Connery, quote unquote, becomes Japanese. Yeah. Like Psylocke did? Wow. Uh, uh, more kind of like that, except if they sad. just pulled her eyes back and... <laughs> It's astonishingly racist. Yeah. Well, that's the 70s for you. Like, Bond has to, like... Kind of like that, except somehow even more problematic. I mean, like, Bond has to blend in at this Japanese fishing village or something, and so he must become Japanese, and... I mean, you can imagine, it's 1967, and we're trying to make Sean Connery look Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't sound like a thing that went well. Written by Roald Dahl. What? What? Yes. Yes. Um, what was? Roald Dahl wrote the script for this Bond movie. I'm, I'm in a fever dream right now. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm hitting the migraine pills a little too hard. What? <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. Uh, anyway, end of episode. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is the episode. It, this one's a lot more action heavy than the first episode. Yeah. And it's definitely got a, le- a lot less of the we're discovering stuff about being humans. Yeah. It, it's more just half sound wave troubles, half, hey, substitute Autobots are funny. Yeah, it's it's a lot of just the substitute Autobot stuff, which is fun. I mean, and I am a sucker for we're going to turn this gang of losers into a... Uh, into a fighting team. <laughs> oh, if they'd had a fourth season, these guys could have been their Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> uh. 
who who are you guys again? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, th- I I mean, I guess they've got the animal guy. They've got. Uh, I mean, I guess Sari is their Star Lord here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Re- I suppose Rekgar is the Drax. Yeah. Yeah. No, wouldn't, he's... wouldn't Scrapper be more the Drax? And I mean, Re- he's green, but Rekgar also like takes things too literally. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of messed up because Rekgar is also kind of the Groot. Yeah, just with more words. <laughs> I mean, it's it's obviously not a great comparison, especially since no. there are only four members. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, this you know this two parter was more enjoyable than I remembered it being. Yeah, it was actually yeah, pretty fun. fun. I mean, it is kind of a weird thing to spend time on when you've got literally four episodes after this. <laughs> Yeah, it it's it. Un, I can kind of understand why it's a two parter, but it, it's weird that it's a two parter in a way. It's weird to have a two part Christmas episode. <clears throat> yeah, I, although yeah, I, I don't do think, think that He Man Shira special is like an hour. Yeah, that one's like, extra you know, forty, 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah, I mean, you had to get both Shira and He Man in there. Yeah, yeah, that's just combining that's two funny. episodes, two series budget yeah, right. stuck together. You know, you don't want Skeletor and Hordak battling for screen time. <laughs> Plus, they're like weird robots in that show and something. And annoying children. Yeah, annoying children and a space puppy. Oh, yeah. Speaking of <laughs> fever dreams. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, that is Human Error Part 2. Uh... And we will be, we are, we are only four episodes away from the end of Transformers Animated. It's crazy. Oh, man. No. I mean, I like Prime and all, but man. Yeah, I'm going to miss the show. Yeah. Yeah. So join us next time when we find out, how do I live without you? Uh, In maybe. Decepticon Air. Uh, Probably such a good episode. We might do something a little different instead first, depending upon holiday schedules. And That's right. There may be a Christmas surprise waiting for you in your stocking, and yeah, hopefully yeah. it's not a lump of coal. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my, Leanne, impre- my Leanne Rhymes impression will have to wait for uh, uh, another week. Alas. Uh, okay. Very sad. Or uh, until January, depending upon when we're free, which, you know. Yeah. Always. But... Just get ready. That episode is full of action movie references, and I am all about bad action movies. It's, it's pretty good. I like it. Like, I, like, like Sudden Death was on TV last night. I couldn't turn away. <laughs> it's Die Hard in a Hockey Arena, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Powers Booth threatening to fill a little girl's mouth with spiders. <laughs> But anyway, until then, whatever we come up with next, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help us with hosting costs. Uh, And we do have exclusive Patreon episodes, including a holiday episode that will be coming up this month. Yes. Uh, And you can find that at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And you can find our show itself wherever finer podcasts are found, both on iTunes and Google Play. Please rate and review us. 
And if you want to let us know uh, what you think, then please write into the Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. Do we have anything in there? Uh, oh, shit, I haven't looked at the email in forever. <laughs> okay, that couldn't uh, hurt to check. No, not, not, nothing nothing new in, in the email I got. Okie dokie. Alright, so until next time, when I will be talking either about the holidays or John Malkovich, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David. Wait, which character is going to have Nick Cage's hair? Swindle? Oh. I mean, Probably. I think every character should have Nick Cage's hair. Yes. Well, from which movie? It's, it's always so different. The, the one that looks like a flying seagull? I mean, you can just have one with different... Nic- each one has a different Nicolas Cage haircut. Uh, there's, your, there's your current Nick Cage hair, which um, seems to come out of a can. Hmm. <laughs> uh. He's got, like, kind of a mullet mustache combo in Raising Arizona. He's yeah, just got, like, a long, flowing hillbilly man in, uh, in Con Air. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just gotta, I just gotta get, get out and see my, my little girl. I never met her. <laughs> uh, I, I, I killed a man in self-defense, but I guess I had the world's worst lawyer, because I'm on a plane with, uh, like a bunch of serial killers and Danny Trejo. Like, if you're in prison with Danny Trejo, something's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> Probably. And you got Danny Trejo, you got Ving Rhames, uh, John Malkovich as some kind of, like, freelance terrorist, which I don't think is an actual thing that exists. <laughs> yeah, that, what, uh, no. You got Steve Buscemi as a, as a cannibalistic serial killer. Yeah, I think I'd be more worried about Steve Buscemi as, as like, in the same prison with you. It's like, he's Steve Buscemi, but look at Steve Buscemi, something's... If he's in jail, something's messed up. Well, the weird thing is, you're supposed to be rooting for him in that movie, kind of. Apparently, I don't know, was, wasn't he a child killer or something? I don't know, it's speci- I don't think specifically a child killer, but they do say that he made the Manson family look like the Partridge family. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. And I, they also refer to him wearing somebody's head as a hat. Ew. <laughs> oh. That's not, that, that wouldn't balance well. That would be difficult. Well, it depends where you chop off the head. I guess. I don't know. And I it's also got that, uh, that oh, I got this cat. It's also got that creepy necrophiliac from uh, that one episode of The X-Files. Ooh. And Dave Ooh. Chappelle. Oh, yeah, Dave Chappelle gets horribly murdered and turned into a dummy. Yes. Man, that... I just kind of watch... I I might have to watch Con Air in preparation for watching Decepticon Air. (laughs) That sounds like a good idea. 
You sound like And I'm definitely choice. learning more of the words to that Leanne Rhymes song. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. All right, so I'm going to stop my recording here. Oh, yeah. I uh, should do that, too.